This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside with me, as always, he's got 23 games left of Dave Fafita before he becomes a rabbit It's Mitch Doyle. <laughs> that's really, that's it? You bastard. You say that the whole time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm going good. and I was, and now I'm rattled. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, he's back. Uh, you would have heard him briefly uh, yesterday or the day before on, on our coronavirus special, but for our round one recap, Dale Roots. Hello. Welcome back again. You like legit staunched Mitch there too. He did. That was good. I'm glad to be back. I'm sorry sorry <laughs> yeah. I missed the last few pods. Mate, when rugby league's going well, Souths are going well, I'm going well. Yeah. So... Mm. Just going to shout out before we start. This will be on like every podcast now for a while, but you'd have to deal with it. Shout out again to our Patreon subscribers. Really love the support you guys have given us this week. If you want to get behind the podcast, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. A few different tiers there. We have decided to do bonus episodes or bonus content for everyone in the future coming for Patreon subscribers. We really appreciate you guys getting behind us. We've already got more than we expected to get this early. And for us, it feels like it can only grow from there, but you know... You guys getting behind us with your money kind of shows us, you know, you're dedicated, you have been to this program over the last few years and you're dedicated to its viability in the future. So hmm. it's good to have you behind us. Yeah, big thanks. Yeah, I, I, I again, I'm just genuinely appreciative of um, everyone who's donated to us so far and everyone who's gotten around us and given us good reviews and stuff. It's, it, is, it is truly humbling. Big, big, big love to all those people. Yeah, and we have uh, more donors than there were points scored in the first game of the season already. Yeah, dear God. Parramatta Eels 8, Canterbury Bulldogs 2 in what was a forgettable start to the season. Uh, so, fun fact regarding this game. Last time these two teams put up this amount of points uh, combined was the 1984 New South Wales Rugby League Grand Final. Thank you for that. That's not a problem. Yep. And uh, the Bulldogs were... Victorious on that occasion and not on this one. I think if if there was one real loser in this game, it was rugby league. It was because uh, this game was this this was about as as pleasant as having your eyelashes pulled out. It was forward thinking the NRL to quarantine all the quality players before this game started and then put the rest whatever this was out there. But yeah, they, quarant- was, they quarantined one end of the ground because yeah. nobody fucking scored on it. It's it's one of those um games and they happen there's two or three of them every year in round one that reminds you that oh this is like their first time playing a full speed game. In a while, yeah. this is one of those games. Like the first half was, like you just kept waiting for the game to start, but all of a sudden it was half time. Didn't? How long did it take Marnie to score the first try? It was sixty-five minutes. Yeah, sixty-five minutes of rugby league before we saw a try scored in the start of the season. What a strange world. Yeah, and this this is what we've been through this many times. But this Bulldogs team, this is what they are. Hey, like they're a tough, gritty team, but they're so lacking that creative outlet to get anything going and. You know, Harry Naira, whilst he's only a back rower and he's missing games for, for the schoolgirl incident, he was one of those outlets for them. There was yeah. no offloading from him in this game. And then you look at the rest of the team, like DWZ in the key position, work, runs hard, works really hard, but just oh, isn't... God, he's got some howlers in him, though. Yeah, just isn't a quality fullback, unfortunately. You know, strong runner, good support player, but even in this game, right at the end of the game, he made a, a half break... And instead of going down with the ball, he threw it blind, hoping support was on the inside, and they just turned possession over, yeah. instead of keeping the roll on. And you've got him there. You've got Lachlan Lewis, who is just like an okay second fiddle, maybe, but still the slowest half in the competition, playing in, in slow motion, okay kicking decent defense. And then Jerry Marshall King. I think I can't, I can't get calling Marshall because he's an embarrassment to the family name for his lack of creativity. Mm. He's a fine player, but like... You've he's, got not, he's, not, he's not even a king. I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's an earl. Yeah, so best. he's just Jeremy. He's a, la- he's a laird. We're just calling him Jeremy, like the, Sheriff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy. Got one name. But that's it. Like, he's just... You know, all the creativity and flamboyance in that family clearly went to Benji. None of it went to Jeremy. Yeah. And that, you know... And Brendan Wakeham's a young fellow learning, but what they get without any real quality in key positions for mine is that you just get this, this strong, tough team that'll hang around, but... Even though they were in the game, it never really felt like they were going to win. You kept kind of waiting for the Eels to take over, but they also didn't seem to want to take over either. It, it feels to dour. me like this is this Bulldogs team is kind of the opposite, as bad. We'll get onto this. We'll get onto the second game later. But like as bad as the Titans, but like they're just the Titans that try more. Yes. They're the Tritons. The Tritons. <laughs> I like that. They're like they're not fantastic. They're not great to watch, but like they they do their best. Yeah. And if that's what you want in a footy team. Good for you. You found your team, but like, man, they weren't. It wasn't great. And I thought, I thought Joe Simpson an absolute Barney. I didn't think he was very good anyway, but it got that weird like, oh, he played for the Storm. He must be good reputation, like Riley Jacks had. I don't think he was very good at, in this first game, but he has time on his side, and he'll have opportunity now that Harry and Oral missed some gains. Yeah, but it's just still a lot of solid players 
out there. Like Remus Smith, solid. Hopper, solid. But yeah, nothing amazing. But you look at the Eels team, and this is what I've been saying all season about the Eels. I just don't think they're as good as people think they are. I think there's a lot of good players there, and they're lacking a few polished or class players, and led by the court jester Gutherson. He ain't the king. He, they, they, as you say, they did kind of flatter to deceive Parramatta. Like I just, uh, they've they've got enough cattle out there to be winning games quite comprehensively, and they just, it's almost like they don't know what to do with the amount of quality that they've got. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll obviously have some games this year when they'll pound a team or two, but there's having this in their wheelhouse isn't great, if you ask me. Like, I think there was a stat last last season that was like uh, the Eels lost to all the. Teams. It was either all the teams in the top two or the to- teams in the they top three. They lost to every team above them on the ladder. But they lost. I think their 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 games against the top two were a combined score of one hundred and twenty eight to twenty eight or something like that. Like sure. they were completely played off the park this against quality Eels, teams. Um, it is. That's why I don't think they're going. There's this. It happens to the Eels before too. There's this assumption that they'll have a good year. They'll send the next year. I'm of the belief that last year was their ceiling still, and they're going to you know be the fifth or sixth best team. And like you said, there, I can see them putting away all the average sides in the comp, but yeah. I can't see them still. And I can be proven wrong putting away the Storm, putting away even though Penrith put the Roosters away, putting away the Roosters of the competition. Like the Tigers beat the Storm last year, mm. um, and they didn't make the finals. As you say, I think like that we could have a season if the season is played out. Mm. Uh, we could have a season where like. The Eels come fourth mm. with a like a, a points difference of like plus 160, but they get absolutely towered by the t- three teams that are above them. Yeah, and they, but they put like 50 points on the bottom team. Yeah. Uh, and in this game, I, th- I thought, you know, for Eels in terms of new signings, RCG hasn't shaken off the rot just yet. I thought he was pretty average and he did the first captain challenge of the season and, and uh, it was what you would have thought, of course, they're going to waste captain challenges on meatheads dropping the ball and just yelling at the ref like, He is, a, meat, he is a meathead. That's <laughs> it. Half the challenges this round have been that and it was a clear drop. They wasted it. It was gone. He was pretty average. I thought Madison, like I always love Madison at lock. Yeah. Underwhelming. Mm. They're just debut games. So I thought Blake Ferguson had a banger. Kind of got unlucky. He stepped yeah, it's out a shame he stepped on the effort, but, oh. you know, he had, I thought he had a really good game. Sevo, a bit of cramp. But, I mean, I just don't know what you can really take out of this fixture. It was just one of those dour round one affairs that the Eels had zero line breaks on one because they had that nice little kick try, and that's about it. Mm. Second game of the season? Yeah. Uh, Canberra Raiders, 24. Gold Coast Titans, 6. Uh, no signs of the post-grand final defeat hanger for Canberra just yet. They were very comfortable winners in this game, and the Gold Coast looked every bit as poor as we thought they might. Um, it was it was interesting to me. I watched the game on Fox, obviously, but like uh, Titans coach came out at halftime and he said, "We know that the Raiders can beat them. We know the Raiders are a team that can beat themselves, and right now we're beating ourselves." And I don't think there has been a better allegory for a better analogy rather for the Titans than a team that consistently beats themselves. Like, I agree with you hundred percent. They were god awful, and I know not in the same way that like the first game was god awful. Mitch was just re-watching some, some footage before. The, the effort for Whiten's first try, it's like year eight stuff. It, really wa- like that. it was really like men against boys. And I know that the Raiders obviously had a little bit of change. They've got George Williams in the halves now. They've got Curtis Scott out there instead of uh, Leilua, and they don't have a Rupp in a back, although he might be coming back. Um, they don't have him back just yet. But like, if that's the Titans against a comp- a very different Raiders team first up. Mm, not great. Yeah, they won't, they'll, they'll be hoping the season's called off. Yeah, I, I ho- hope they'd improve, and I it did put some credit in thinking that Holbrook would turn a few things around, but that game did show that, you know, Ash Taylor can talk all he wants all he want in the off-season, but until he improves his commitment on the field, it doesn't mm. matter what he says. Talk, like, talk doesn't make tackles. Co- coaches cannot, they can try all they want, but they can't exactly right. Force that commitment defense is putting your body in front of people is something a lot of times you just a player's taking his own bloody hands and do it and him and Cartwright on that edge together in this game those first two tries they say talk about beating your own team beating yourself they beat the Titans and within like twenty minutes this game was over thanks to the piss poor defensive efforts from from Taylor and, and Cartwright particularly Taylor at the start of that game like and then you you kind of start to realize that this team has a longer way back than. Maybe we considered, and it's don't want to spit off too many round one hot takes. We don't be round only round of the year, so you got to get hot takes out now. Yep. Um, yeah, Ash left a lot to be desired out there, and you know I thought Sami was pretty decent at fullback, but AJ Brinkson's going to come back, and there's going to have more questions there. But 
Yeah, I just the, you, the you see you see some you see some, and I, I don't want to shit down Ash Taylor's throat too much. I mean, we have we have got a several several rounds of the season potentially left to go, and you know I don't want to don't want to go off too early, so to speak. But um, like that that tackle, the the t- the tackles that he was attempting, for example, mm. you can you can kind of forgive uh, jumper grabs if you get stepped yeah. or anything like, but like. If somebody's running at you, I remember a few seasons ago where Bryce Cartwright let somebody through. He ran th- past the line to yeah. try and make a tackle. I think it was against the Storm. Yeah, and everybody hounded him for it. This was as bad. Like it, th- it was terrible. Yeah, and it was the, terrible. The second effort one was like reaching over the back of White and to try and like, grab his shirt somehow. It's like, mate, you're doing everything to avoid putting your you, body in front of this man. I remember we discussed many moons ago, and and Bungard, you'll you'll love this callback. The Make a Wish try. Mm. Like that was make a wish defending. It was it? It actually reminds you of a guy I was a fan of, but Kane LG did a couple of things into the Titans, and he's since retired with his lack of love for the game. It's like if you're if you're Ash Taylor, you, you, if you want to, you keep talking about loving the game, coming back and putting it in for the Gold Coast and proving it. Mm. I don't even give a shit about your paycheck, not only your money, whatever, whatever. Put some commitment on there, and that you're playing a bloody contact sport, mate. And then yeah. you got Bryce Cartwright there, like missed a million opportunities. Like Bryce Cartwright's like watching NFL Red Zone. If you're one of those guys who thinks Leonard Fournette's a good good running back, because you watch his 25, you, didn't, you watch one of his 25 carries, and it was one good carry out of 25. Bryce Cartwright has got the highlight reel, but mate, the low light reel is endless at this point. And this game was another addition to the mm. Bryce Cartwright low light reel affair. That you know he he get again a back rower next to uh, Ash Taylor missed seven tackles. He had three hand sorry two handling mistakes and two penalties conceded, and the two back to back penalties is what led to the second try. That the that the, the uh, Raiders scored like you're just killing your team before they have an opportunity to get into yeah. it. Like, um, if there was one positive for this for this game, I know that we uh, we we spoke I spoke about it earlier, but George Williams, um, it's good for him to get a to a game to blow the cobwebs out um, and realize that you know obviously the game's played at a much faster pace here than it is in the Super League. Well, that's that's a mistake he made. He supported through a line break. And uh, he made the mistake of thinking he could burn his man. Has he done in England many times? But mm. it's a different speed over here, mate. And you might have to understand that you're not going to be the fastest guy on the pitch anymore. No. Close to it, unfortunately. No. Uh, I thought you mentioned the guys from the Super League. Callum Watkins actually had his first good NRL game. I thought he was pretty decent in this game. And he looked like a good ball runner. He had 17 carries and 152 metres. which was a pretty good effort from a centre. How, how many games did he play last season? Like four or six? I can't even came remember, back at the back end terrible, of last season. It was terrible, but yeah. he came off that injury. But yeah, yeah, he was kind of a shining light for the for the Titans, and so was Sami. But rest of it, pretty average. Brian Kelly is, is now a back rower off the bench. Is that a thing now? Like <laughs> The bench situation this season is really weird. Oh, one other thing I do want to shout out is Jack Whiten's kicking game, because I can only get so erect. <laughs> Seriously, that 40-20 that he kicked where he put the brakes on it just as it kind of pulled over the line, good God, I wish I was that good at anything in my life. His, yeah. his kicking game is next level at the moment. He's really improved. I mean, yeah. I've, I've been right and wrong many a time, but I've never been wronger than thinking mm. Jack White had sucked back at 5'8", because he is like coming out this season. So again, it's been one game, but showing an improvement in a kicking game like that, those are things you want to see, that the guy going off from the off-season, he had all that hype and all those raps, and you want to see him go off in an off-season and improve on some different things. Rather than just take the paycheck that he's getting paid more for, he's gone away, come back with a bit of a better kicking game. He looked, he looked good in this game. And, and, and I mean, it, it's a, you know, we joke about it, but like he's actually had a, full off, he's had a full preseason and hasn't had to worry about whatever else is going on in his life. You know, because obviously he had the stuff last preseason with the assault charge and yada, 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 and, and playing in the new position, and now he's kind of got all those games under his skin. He knows what he's doing, under his belt rather. He knows what he's doing. And obviously, he's going out there trying to perfect his craft, and I think that's quite important. And oh, speaking uh, speaking of terrible, the the contract the Raiders gave Croker this season, four more years for a guy his age. I know people love him, but yeah, he went out there and showed it again. Four runs for thirty three meters in a team that won. He's just not the player he was. Mm. And he's um, a good defensive centre, mate. Yeah. Didn't you? Didn't but, you know? Yeah, the other other guys I was impressed by again was the obvious Josh Papali performance. I thought Corey Horsburgh. Horsberg on an edge was actually better than I thought he'd be, even though he again had one of the meathead captain's challenges when he just lost the ball. That wasn't very good. It wasn't. <laughs> that was a negative. Uh, Joe Tarpano had a decentish game at lock, and I thought an offload that Havili didn't score off was a nice little handy offload. And Emre Gula, we've talked about him before on the podcast, so we were waiting for Emre to ascend. They've lost one king of Turkey, maybe the prince of Turkey. Mm. Emre Gula will step up in Aiden Caesar's absence with a bit of ball playing in this game, and he did score a nice try. But mm. yeah, it was, it's just this game played out as expected, and 
this game could have, this this was one of the games we we spoke about uh, rugby league live on another on another episode, but mm-hmm. like we could have simmed this game and nothing yeah. would have been lost. That's it. There was two games this round that were like that for mine. It was this game and the the Knights game. And generally generally in round ones you get shocked by a few things. This was not one no. of them. No. Yeah. Uh, North Queensland Cowboys twenty one, Brisbane Broncos twenty eight. Now I know you won on the scoreboard, but I feel like the Cowboys deserve the win solely because of Michael Morgan's field goal. Um, can we just just before we go mm-hmm. on to that, how fucking good is this new ground? It's it absolutely bangs. It's halfway between like when the SFS was first opened and Bankwest. Now it kind of looks like they kind of copied and pasted Bankwest. Bankwest and, and yeah, they they went through like the uh, what was it called again when you went through the plagiary thing at U- plagiarism yeah, in uni? Yeah, and just look, cha- copy sh- my homework, but make sure the teacher they changed realize. it enough that yeah. it was only ten percent yeah. plagiarized on the system. But they were like, all right, it. so we've got uh, Bankwest and yeah. we've got Gosford. All right, <laughs> how can we make this work? Okay, Bankwest with a tail. They've Make had, it happen. They even had the bank rest, the bloody the light system they have when they score tries. The yeah, exact same I did notice system. that as well. Uh, North Queensland, North Queensland Stadium, I believe it's called. Yeah, but this um this this game, not saying the game went as predicted, but the Cowboys went as we expected in terms of overall season performance. But I'm going to be talking about in the preseason pod is that this is a team full of talented players playing an old boring style of rugby league. And still some reliance on veterans. For I don't know what reason. I made jokes about Ben Hampton starting on you the did. wing. And exactly what happened. And, and you know what me and Nick Campton spent that whole game doing? What? Every time Ben Hampton got the ball, yelling out, where's Fast Guy? Yeah, that's it. Where was he? And you might look at the numbers of this game and go, oh, Hampton had 15 runs, 162 metres, and he had a try. He must have played well. Uh, Hampton bombed two tries in a way wingers don't usually bomb tries by yeah. not being on the wing. Yeah. He does twice. He just came infield for no reason because he doesn't. he's not a wing. He doesn't know what he's doing. And twice in, the, in chasing the game. Hmm. A man looked for a winger who should be open on the wing to, to to pass the ball to. Hampton was instead behind said man. Yeah. Now I'm not a rugby league genius, yes. but uh, winger, two thirds yes. of that word is wing. <laughs> exactly right. That's a stat. <laughs> 60, winger is a sixty six percent wing. <laughs> winger winger has sixty six percent possession of the ben, word wing. Ben Ben Hampton is one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Well played. Very well done. I'm proud of you. That was good for me. That was me. good. One of your best. I might cut, walk out. Cut that into the postseason highlights. It's going to be go. three minutes long. Uh, but yeah, they, they still have their stale offense in general. And at the end of the game, they started looking more likely to score because they just started throwing the ball around hoping things would happen. The Cowboys did. Yeah. The Broncos have won this game and people were asking me if I was impressed with the win. Obviously, I'm happy to win the game. But it doesn't fill me with hope that you know, Asako playing fullback was by accident. That wasn't the plan. And he was sensational there. But again, this is my problem I had last year. It's the process of decision-making and the process of him getting there was not the correct process. They didn't pick him as the best fullback. No. And then to Pangai on an edge, whilst his idiot got himself suspended again, it was better on the edge. And he's not in our best... Th- those two guys aren't in our best 13 in those Man, spots. The, ridiculous. the Pangai suspension is going to bite you guys in the ass. Idiot. Four weeks. F- yeah, four to six weeks. And that could go into three years from now with this coronavirus. He's already business. catching up to Sam Burgess. Oh, his loading's ruined. Like, he's just, he, I don't know, they couldn't even challenge it because if he lost the challenge, it's six weeks. Like, you know, they couldn't even fight for the downgrade. But I thought Asako was exceptional at fullback. And early crows are obviously dangerous in the takes business. But, never, never crow early. But, you know, this is the guy I've been saying for years as a fullback, wanted him at fullback. And, I, you know, and the things you expected to see from him is why it was a good confirmation. I thought he was a fullback in terms mm. of support play was there. The try he scored wasn't fantastic, but he was in the position that a Broncos fullback hasn't been in a few years, and that he followed the damn ball and supported the guy to offload. Uh, the kick returns were fantastic, carried the ball back hard and looked likely to potentially crack the game open from just carrying the ball back. And yes, he made that mistake, you know, when he caught a ball, landed on himself and, and fumbled it, but you, if you get five or six great things and one bad, you deal that. You take that every time for a guy's first or second game at fullback. He debuted at fullback against the Knights. And another thing that I noticed about Asako playing at fullback, um, the fact that he cramped so early, 60 minutes that in and weird. he was cramping up. But it does kind of show you that playing, go, going from playing wing or centre to playing fullback is is quite a leap in terms of athletic performance because it's not all about just those increased run meters when you're taking back kick returns. It. It's not. It's also about the lateral movement that you're doing behind the ball in, in defensive or attacking cover. And I think that that was... Like, we don't talk about Tedesco's off-the-ball movement in defense where he's marshalling the troops, for example, and the, fact, and the fact that it takes it out of you. Um, 
and and players like you know Slater and Stewart and the best fullbacks that we've had in, in the last decade have been able to do less of that as they get older because they get better at tracking the ball mm. mentally instead of physically. But it was it was for me at least as as uh, as uh, you know more of a student of the game than, than somebody who's grown up watching and playing a lot of it to see him go down so quickly, mm. and the game really wasn't that fast. Well, if that's one of the concerns though. You mentioned with him. That was my major concern with Jack Burr going back there. And it's unfortunately he's out for the year with he's doing his ACL. But it's, you're mm. expecting that man to come back off an ACL injury in a position that's twice as likely, literally by numbers, to yeah. have an on-contact injury and play fullback and cover ground. I didn't think that was going to go very well. And yeah, Asako and it do, did do it well. It does show you that like Asako has, you know, up there with the best legs of any back in the game. Hard to need a minute, but um, like for him to. Be be that uh, be that challenged by the change was was quite interesting to watch at least. Uh, other guys for Brisbane, obvious standouts like Payne Haas again played a full eighty playing prop and again put up ridiculous numbers as he does. Or he has to crack two hundred meters a game. It feels like now just by by turning up. I was really impressed by Tom Flegler starting really Me good too. leg drive. Me too. Play, ran and played hard. Uh, Paddy Carrigan had a decentish start. Laughable that he's the captain still, co-captain. <laughs> Same with Croft. Um. Thought Milford at least he didn't have a great game, but I thought he looked like he was enjoying himself more without the responsibility of you know being the halfback essentially, which he was the last few years. Just turned out where he wanted to turn up. Yeah, suited his game more. But obviously, the day for feeder try is what we're here for. Oh my god! Uh, the moment he he broke that first tackle because I've seen him in Queensland Cup outpace the fastest guys there. I saw him in Queensland Cup once pick a ball up at the back of the back of a scrum on his own ten and just run the whole field. Yeah. I just got up and started yelling, that's what burn I wanted, him. That's what I wanted to afford. Yeah. I was just yelling, just fucking burn him. Screaming at the TV at Frankie's house that his Mrs. Megan had to close the windows. <laughs> and he did burn Smart him. Woman. And it was just like, you know, it's it's one thing for a back to score a try like this, but it's it's very rare that you'll see a forward or, or an edge back rower have the pace and agility to break t- solo tackles on their own 40, come back central, step the fullback, and then regain the pace to still the go the s- distance. The step around the fullback... Like, unbelievably good. Like he was, he may actually still be there. Yeah, he man, that was so good. It was, and and uh, it was one of those um, efforts that other back rowers sometimes make that break, and they're looking for support like immediately. And you might have seen just in uh, the today's game, Tyson Frizzell bombed a try when he got through space and ended up throwing a terrible pass. Like sometimes, mate, just back yourself, and like it might be the best option for you yeah. with the pace you have. Um, other guys, I thought Jesse Arthur's start, struggled at the start and got better as the game went on. Looked better when he went to centre. Set up a couple of tries from there. Uh, Brody Croft was okay, which is above expectation. Was good at the things I've said he's be, he, should, he is good at, which is attacking back behind the ruck. Defence, a massive concern. I think he's been too narrow. And the Broncos' edges in general in defence are way too narrow. Mm. Darius got skinned by Masters a few times, but the expectation of Darius Boyd is so low now that not having a bad game means people think he had a good game. Masters, I thought, was quite good as well, actually. So did I. Uh, ran hard, the, did his job in a team that was beaten. Yeah, then he got shook off by uh, by Fafita, unfortunately, but I mean, many a stronger man have been. Yes. And Jamil Hoppawati had a pretty impressive debut for me too, and he short sin off the bench. I thought mm. he was decent. Uh, the Cowboys, as you said, we may as well touch on Val Holmes. Rust and a lot of it. Yeah, but I think it's it's like he's only been out of the game for twelve months, um, and obviously he hasn't had the same mm. kind of prep that other players would have. Mm. But like, it just shows you how fast the game moves forward now. Yeah, in I my mean, opinion, he had good moments. He still did. I mean, oh he, yeah, he had his hands on the ball a lot. He touched it thirty three times and and he passed the ball twenty times. That's a different Val Holmes where you would have seen in the past ball playing, but. The moments we got caught out, like the first try we scored with Turpin just threw the dummy and went under. That was a rusty effort. He just, yeah. It was a pathetic effort, really, at getting caught at a defender like that. And then the effort of Fafita was just like, mate, you, do you remember that you can't like just run a million degrees and what? Sorry, million miles an hour in one direction and stop. Like this is you can't do that. <laughs> but had some nicest moments and did score a try on the outside. But yeah, I, I just don't know the answers for this team. The Cowboys, like talent is there. And I, I think Bungard spoke about this the other week. I know, so in a vacuum, Scott Drinkwater and Michael Morgan are better players than Jake Clifford. But I think this team was a better team with Jake Clifford in the seven. Because those two guys, it, Morgan feels kind of at this point like Milford felt the last two years. He's doing an okay job steering the team around, but it's an okay job what you want from that guy. Or you want him doing his best job, and that might be the second receiver. And 
You know, Scott Drinkwater has been pretty good at six, but maybe you should have bitten the bullet when you signed Val Holmes and realized you made that call. That, you know what? We, we made the call that Val's better than this guy. Scott Drinkwater, reserve grade or 14 or elsewhere, or yeah. maybe try, try him at centre or Morgan at centre. But I don't feel like this team's going to hit their ceiling with those two in the half. I agree. I just, yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with Drinkwater coming off the bench or even out wide. But, yeah, they're a better team with Jake Clifford in, the, in there. I just think that he fits better with Morgan. And mm-hmm. as you said, Morgan is like a little bit like Milford in that I think he's better when he doesn't have to worry about being the conductor. I think mm. he's better playing off somebody else. And, yeah. Um, until they until they sort that out, I don't think they're going anywhere. Even yeah. if they sort that out, I don't think they're going anywhere. And, and I think final point for me is that your boy Jake Granville, Bungard, a bit of pressure applied on him. I thought he had his best game in a year or two, to be honest. Mm. He's back. Big Jake Granville guy. But yeah, but I don't understand the, uh, the substitution of the Reese Robson playing the middle of the game. Yeah. Wasting two subs on your hookers on your greenie. It's a bold move. And oh, oh, McCulloch coming off the bench. Isn't that disgusting? Oh, the fir- his first run? Yeah. He t- was turned into liquid. How about after 15 minutes throwing <laughs> tired passes? He threw that one pass like 20 metres into nobody. Uh... I remember like three years ago, I thought he was like a lock to get to like 400 first grade games because no. I just thought he'd play there forever. But no, I was wrong. Yeah. Um, Newcastle 20, Warriors no points. Milpois. Uh, Milpois for the Warriors. Uh, and they may be getting Milpois for the rest of the season if mm. the old coronavirus has its way. Yeah, and uh, watching watching the game back now, they deserve Milpois, in my humble opinion. Yeah, we're all quarantining the rest of society to not catch what society has, but can we quarantine the Warriors to not catch what the hell they have? Well, I mean, the Warriors aren't catching anything, mate. They're, they're, just... they're god-awful. I mean, again, this is one of those things you don't like seeing teams turn up this pathetic, but this is exactly what we thought this Warriors team would be right now. It was not pretty. It they like they, the war- Knights didn't even play that well. It didn't no, seem to not matter. Really. The Warriors scored some scrappy tries. Edric Lee try was a bit shit. Um, the I thought Saifidi's try was pretty good. Great effort from him to score there. But again, you can't have Adam Blair missing that tackle. Pathetic. And um, yeah, we're not surprised. Mm. No, and especially at the moment, because like obviously there's all this stuff going on well, with them if, potentially not being able to go home. If they're forcing them to play next weekend, they're going to lose by a million because like they don't want to be there, and they've already lost two players mm. who've gone back home. So who do they who do they play next week? Play the Titans. Like they might not lose. Actually. Okay, so, so could there be a nil-nil draw? Mm. <laughs> but there's there's no worse starting middle than the Warriors middle at the moment no. though. So what you got out of those guys combined though, either way, was eight runs from Lisa Armour for 68 meters, eight runs for Lachlan Burr for 74, and nine from Papali'i for 94. Yeah, moving Papali'i to the middle was a move none of us liked. So and we've all thought that Lisa Armour's better coming off the bench. They than... pretty much combined for one Payne Haas. Yeah, that's pretty disappointing. It is. I thought um, what's his name Katoa off the bench was all right. Uh, uh, he was pretty decent. But yeah, weird, weird side. And then Wade Egan, I thought was pretty average starting at hooker. He's you know some way to go to get reach the sorry reach the heights of the raps he had at Penrith, which he never really reached there. And now this team moving forward has Patrick Herbert back in New Zealand, Peter Hiku back in New Zealand, already thin on depth and thin on talent. They're now going to be relying on even more so like reserve grade depth and talent. I guess Pays Herum might play centre next week, and maybe if the Fuss goes back to the wing, I don't I don't know. But uh, it's not looking not looking crash hot for them. And like Harris Avita, you know, I think he's a likely customer, but he can't. Him and two of us can't be the only two creative outlets in an entire rugby league side. No, and the point that you make about Wade Egan, like, I mean, how many players have gone or have left Penrith with hype and just not performed? Almost all of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you can think of, I can think of genuinely like one player to have come out of there with big hype and have gone somewhere else and succeeded and done well. And that's probably Wade Graham. Mm. That's it. Uh, Luke Lewis. Oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I mean, but he was, he, was, he was already good by that point. different career trajectories, those ones, like Luke Lewis. Like, he was... He was already on the trajectory of being a great. Yeah. Whereas, as I said, I mean, like, Graham is a fantastic player. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, the, if you've got him... The, the games that he played while he was at the, at the Panthers... Yeah. It, and obviously, it's very different because he was playing with with good halves there. But like the the bloke in this game against the Knights, he just looks completely directionless. Mm. And like it's just not what you want from somebody who's touching the ball literally more than anyone else. No. Mm. Knights look good though. I mean, you can't ask for much more than a clean sheet. No, and it's the first round. I mean, they scored a few crappy scrappy tries, not crappy tries, but they will be learning a, a more not what do I say more diversified or or, or more quality offense with with uh with Ferner up there. But I did like that. They got 
Kalen Ponga involved more, but not just throw to the Kalen and hope he creates something. There's a mm. lot more, you know, you want him running the ball a bit more and tanking the line on himself, all that kind of stuff, which is not too bad. A bit more involvement there. The back line didn't, didn't play too poorly. You know, everyone was, you know, I thought, um, who was it? Jacob Saifidi off the bench was decent, and so was Mitch Barnett. Yeah, I mean, what a, you couldn't really ask much more for a home win. Mm. In the wet. In the wet, 20 yeah. points. And one of those games, they kind of knew they had wrapped it up with a long time to go. You just, let's get home. Let's get him to zero and get home to our wives and kids. This this kind of performance, I know not necessarily like on-field performance, but mm. the, the, the margin and the result, more to the point, very Melbourne Stormy. Very kind of like score three tries, pack it up, lock yep. it down, we'll all go home and get get washed. And 100%, like Adam O'Brien comes off that tree, he'd love to, he'd be happy with that, stoked with he'd that. He'd be like, all right, cool. So we didn't make any errors today. Mm. Uh, you can all have a week, you can all have six weeks off. Yeah, you often learn a lot more from winning 20 nil than you do winning 40 to 18. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, you're just, if you're just closing games out confidently, mm. as, as the Storm have been doing for a long time. But yeah, it's just... Hard to read too much into either so- for this either of these sides because this game almost went exactly as you expected it yep. to go. Yeah, uh, South Sydney twenty two, Cronulla Sharks eighteen. Latrell Mitchell's debut at fullback an unmitigated success. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys won by as many points as he had runs. That's so. True. Is that true? That yes, true. it is. He had four runs for thirty eight meters. That's not a lot oh, of runs. Did he? Is that what I've got? I thought got, he had six runs. Is it gone down to four runs in the post match? No, six for sixty one. No, six for sixty one. My apologies. Anyway, and six right. runs for him in fifty five minutes is probably the hardest he's ever worked in a rugby league. Field. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> how many how many post contact meters were there? Do they do they have them on there? Yeah. Eighteen. Eighteen. That's like triple his average. It is fantastic. And then, um, <laughs> how many games do you guys play at the SCG this year? Not enough. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Luttrell, I mean, post-game, Wayne spoke about it. We didn't all know this going into the game, but essentially feels like he's going to be on, like, an apprenticeship for a month or, like, playing 50, 60 minutes, working back in, and they're playing the long game with that, which is what generally good coaches do when they do position changes. Like, you know, last year, for example, when Nathan Brown did the Kalen Ponga thing, if you really believed in it, mate, it, didn't, it doesn't last three rounds. Yeah. You know, but the, the Trell thing looks like they're going to give it a, a long lead to see how, how it goes. Um but I, re- I really thought the the standout for South in the day is not somebody I would have predicted at no. all pre-game, but Tavita Tatola was exceptional. He was yeah. so good. Yeah. Ran hard. He had like 150 hard. metres in the first 25 minutes or something. He that was, was, he was that very, was, very good. Uh, they were like blowing up about that on the coverage. Like, how does he have 128 runs metres already? What is going on? There seems to have been an error. But yeah, just went out there and like went hard, like went as hard as possible while he was out on the pitch. Um, and... You know, obviously, you guys have lost one of the greats of the last decade in um, in GI, uh, and obviously you lost Burgess as well. But like, if you're going to have players turn up and run that hard, they're not necessarily going to be as good as an S Burgess. Mm. But at least you're going to go some way to covering the the actual physical loss of his his efforts on the pitch. GI as well, um, you know. Yeah, really... well, I thought and I thought Liam Knight was very good as well. Um, bit unlucky. Um, with, I think was I think was he the guy on the end of that drop ball which they did the captain's challenge on? I believe it so. Licks Sean Johnson in the hands. Been unlucky there. Might have scored a try, but um, yeah, I thought they were great for the first forty-five to fifty minutes. Really fell asleep towards the end. I don't know what was going on there. They just couldn't complete a set in that last twenty or so. Well, they didn't have Latrell out there. Well, so. that's true. No, but got, oh, we had uh, we had Tom Burgess, and, and unfortunately. He can be the most jacked man in the world, but it doesn't help you catch a football. And he had a couple of bad errors in his this His problem is that his pecs are too big, so They're he can't get his arms now. together. Exactly. It's like it's like when you see a bodybuilder and you put something on their back and you ask them to get it and they can't. Uh, but yeah, as you say. Yeah. I mean, I thought James Roberts looked kind of likely despite he's been sin bin in this game. I think he looks refreshed this year. Braden Burns looks confident. He looks like he wants to be there. Yeah, that's a big difference. You're I think right. that's the big thing for me. I'm still very concerned by the work from that back three in general. Again, six runs from the trail, eight from Gay Guy, seven from Campbell Graham. You are the guys who are supposed to be taking pressure off the forwards for two tackles a set. Mm. You ain't doing shit. They're, they're literally carries. doing like one kick return and then like yeah. help. Can we can we get some more people back here, please? Ethan Lowe will never die, though. Ethan Lowe off the bench, still probably South's best back rower. What a guy. <laughs> I think that Ethan Lowe might be the player that gets the 400 games. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Cam Murray use is interesting. Like, he kind of goes in the middle pretty early. So, it's like, what, 25 at the at the start? He's on the edge and went to the middle. Is that right, Bungard? Or was that sorry, mate? Cam Murray's use. He starts, what, 25 yeah, minutes on the is, edge? I mean, which is what we thought would happen. Yeah. So, that's okay. Because Ethan okay. Lowe's awesome. He is. He is. And Jan Sue was fine. Sue so was okay. She's not good. 
Uh, not great, sorry. He's just an average player. Uh, over on the uh, Sharks side, I loved seeing Sean Johnson play that well. It's been a while since he played that well, but had a hand at all the points that the, the Sharks scored. And, um, you know, with his deft touch in, in, in all those situations, it was great to see. And there's more, you know, ball playing than there was ball running, which is good that he's adapting with his age. Uh, Wade Graham's always a half-decent player. I mean, he only scored the, the one try that he did Wade Graham things. So he didn't have that many ball carries. Uh, the Connor Tracy coming on, I mean, obviously he was put in the centres, not by choice, but with uh, Jesse, sorry, Ronaldo going off. Bombing that try at the end, mate. Pretty great. It's kind of long-term return for those two forward pass tries. They, games what they won last year from forward passes, but uh, not great with a minute and a half to go. Game's literally over. Mm. If you just, you know, anything else... Dude, the, the guy was a mile open outside you. You could literally just pop it in the air and he would have caught it and you scored, but threw it forward instead. Not that, not within the rules of the game, in my in my <laughs> knowledge of the sport, at least. Not ideal. I thought Woods was okay. Yeah, okay. he uh, topped the meter count for them, I believe. He did. Um, for Feeder is an interesting one for me. I don't know. He didn't play very big minutes, and he, you know, he's obviously not the player he once was, but it's interesting if this is the plan for him the rest of his career now as a 40-minute player, potentially. Mm. I don't know. Nice to see my guy Toby Rudolph get a debut. He was Newtown Jets legend. Yeah, I thought their bench was actually all right. I thought uh, Ueli was good again. Jack Williams is decent at lock. Made a couple of mistakes there, though, that, that, that were costly. Um, over on your side again, they're back to South. Must have been stoked to see Adam Reynolds actually do something running the ball. It was like by accident. Ah, uh, I thought it was a beautifully he drawn ran, up play. Kind of, kind of ran by accident. <laughs> I caught Adam Reynolds sleeping. And he, yeah, it's, it's not, he runs the ball so sparingly that when he does, it's lethal because no does. one sees it coming. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the kind teacher yelling. He did limp off with an injury with three minutes to go, oh, as, that's as is tradition. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, that's I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah. Adam Reynolds will get coronavirus tomorrow, and on Tuesday they'll be like, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's fine. fine. <laughs> he's, he's beaten it. Yeah, and uh, right to play. Just, yes, but he's got another knee injury, so he'll be <laughs> for six weeks. And in the great Sharks tradition, Paul Gallen might have retired, but the spirit is still there. Last play of the game, you know, their the last chance at winning, and who is at first receiver? Aaron Bloody Woods. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> but this is just like... It's I'm a halfback. I'm a halfback. I got this, boys, and he, he did not have this. <laughs> but yeah, it was... I, I honestly think that how bad Southside the last two minutes of the game, they probably should have lost. I agree. But you know, they, they got the two points here, and they'll probably go back to training this week and think, like, what the hell were we doing? Yeah. And try Hopefully, and stick with Trello. They, they, they go back to their fucking training, and they see Wayne in an iron lung. Hey, yeah. don't Mate, joke. He's going to hot areas. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Penrith, 20. Sydney Roosters, 14. Uh, let's call the comp off now. I uh, don't have a Roosters problem with that last. at all. <laughs> well, equal last, but still. Um, who saw this coming? Not I. No, but I thought the Panthers were actually quite Decent in this, to be honest. They, the the tri- the three tries that they scored were, were good tries. Like they were relatively like the Crichton try was sick. It was Crichton try was great. Josh Mansour, 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 a bit of skill. Mansour, what the hell? Mansour kicked the ball. Mansour with the, hates kicks. With like, did it well. <laughs> that was the prize. But I was out um out with on um, Tuesday having a meeting with some of the Penrith staff there, coaching staff, and I've been there every off season in the last like three or four years, and it was always awkward in the. Griffin Gould days to not share my real feelings. It's like I can share them now, which is fine. <laughs> there, but um, I went there and it was oh dear. Obviously, we done our preseason predictions before then, but I went there and it actually felt way different to when I'd been at Penrith in the past. The playing group had hung around late. There was happy got a lot of banter, a lot of you know, I could see there was a happy group, mm. and they even saw like, like Nathan Cleary doing extra goal kicks. They're doing stupid jokes out in the field or whatever. And so I asked one of the the, the guy I was meeting with at Penrith, and I said, mate, like. Looks like a happier joint than the last four off seasons. Like you know, if you guys had a really good off season, and he's like, "Man, you do not understand." He said, "We had the Cleary thing last se- off season. We've gone through the the like Gould leaving. We've gone through like Maloney uh, and and Moylan stuff. We went through the sex tape scandals. We went through Bryce Cartwright's issues. And mate, this is the first off season ever that hasn't been media at our training. Like it's just been we had an off season. We haven't had an off season like this in years, mm. and so." They've gone into a season, you know, probably their weakest looking squad on paper in a few years, but at least their most settled preparation in a couple of years with less distractions. And it looked like that on the night. They, they played well for, like, when the Roosters got out to a 12 point lead, you thought, oh, this is academic. Yeah. But even with, uh, you know, kick out when he playing a short, short stint, you know, after he came on and had a shoulder injury and then came back later, he was their offense in the past. And once he did score a try in this game, that was simply a catch and fall from Cleary's work. But this team played well. Mm. Across the park, I thought. I thought Coruscant. We called Danny Levi the signing of the season or prediction when we did that Bungarda. I, um, 
disappointed when I said and pick Coruscant. Look, he, he's been the, the unluckiest guy to be passed around like he has. He's one of the better hookers in the competition, but it feels like he's been passed on for a better one somehow his whole career path. But I thought he was fantastic and will bring something different for them around the ruck this year. Uh, he made two fantastic breaks in the second half. He did. Where, and made 60 tackles. Or something, yeah, so. but like the, it's the... the the like breaks, yeah. The breaks that he made were like big pressure relieving breaks, where he made, I think he made forty meters on one and twenty five meters on the other, and got the play rolling, got a quick play of the ball, and kept them moving. Yeah. And if that's the kind of thing that, if even if he does that once or twice a game, you can't expect that's him it. to do it in every match. Like, say for example, a, a cook does, but if he can do that once or twice a game and just take the pressure off first receivers, like for, uh, first receiving forwards and backs running out of their own end. That's going to be a big tick for him going forward. Yep. I will criticise him on his first first involvement in the game. <laughs> Kicking the ball into touch off a kickoff, probably not the best thing. No. <laughs> but that was really his only misstep. I don't think he gave away a penalty all night. As you said, he made a 1,000 tackles, made some good metres. That's, that's what you can ask for. And as I said, the Panthers were quite good in this game. They... they were. They assaulted uh, James Tedesco on about 15 occasions. <laughs> um but the, Which is a good idea. The point that you made about Kikau coming on and uh, that his his try being a catch and fall, I think that was also a lot to do with the fact that they now because he has that kind of like history of bullocking over defenses, gravitas. Yeah. People are like, I don't really want to tackle this bloke anymore. Yeah. Um, so you know, if 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 he brings that once every four weeks or however often the games are going to be played in the NRL this year, yeah. Um, Yep. That's a big win. Well, it's been good for them because he's been like the whole plan the last like two years just throw it to him at hope in offense. That was it. So when he went off, I thought that was it. But that uh, was yeah, a weird injury too. It was. Mm. I wasn't very impressed with Zane Tedavano's first game in Penrith. We'll see how he improves. I thought Stephen Crichton was pretty good off the bench in like seventeen odd minutes replacing Caleb Aiken. Yep. I thought he was pretty handy. And uh, that injury room of Fisher Harris and James Tarmow keeps rolling, but I thought they were they were both great in this game. The Chooks they lost Angus Crichton to pneumonia. For the game, pneumonia is this? Pneumonia. Is it? Yeah. I mean, stay woke. Yeah, Although apparently pneumonia is like worse than coronavirus. If yes. you actually have. It, we so. joke about it, but is it really nineteen twenty? <laughs> it is the Spanish. We had a player out with the flu. We had a player out. Th- We're going to get somebody out with shingles and someone with TB next week. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, him being out. So I did hear that the the Roosters have never won a game post World Club Challenge. Never won no, a round that's one. Interesting. Well, I mean, they did rest like they did rest Cordner for this game. Crichton was out. Like it's kind of like they they didn't go full bore at it, which is fine. Mm. They want to look after Cordner for the long run. And they, Robinson's a smart coach. Very often the Roosters have been hammered for starting season slow and then been there and, where it and, matters. But Boyd Cordner is forty five, so he is like his knees know. are seventy seven as well. That's, mm. that's it. Uh, I th- but yeah, the, the, so other, some of the guys on teams. I thought uh, Takiyaho was exceptional uh, playing it up front. He's try as well. If you Good like, support. if you get if you get a front rower scoring off a grubber, you might want to pack your team up. <laughs> Bad. And I thought Ikevalo was all right when he was on the pitch early, filling in. Um, Did it was it Ikevalo that outjumped Mansour for that first try? I think so. Oh dear, Josh Mansour. Yes. The, he the, did get outjumped by someone funny, but I can't remember who. What it was is the either. opposite of? Benefit because that's what he's doing from these new yeah. rules. Yeah, Kyle Flanagan, oh, solidish first game, but I would like to see more. Obviously, as time ticks with him there. Uh, what else for the for the Roosters? I mean, we already know Tedesco is great and had a decent in this game. He's good yeah. at footy. That's true. Tubo was classic good round one Roosters. I mean, was. It's, I'm not too worried. I don't think any of their fans will be. They're not. Them. People are like to laugh at them, of course. Kyle Flanagan. Mm, we've all learned from laughing at round one. Okay. The Roosters don't do it. Yeah, doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know who always does it in round one. Yes, the Melbourne Storm. What yeah. a shock! They did yeah. it again. Uh, is that what is seventeen and zero under Bellamy now? Something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Melbourne Storm eighteen. Manly Seagulls four at Brookvale. Um, Manly held trialless. Their only points coming from two Ruben Garrick penalty goals. Um, and Mitch's favourite player, Suli Alcivinavalu, with a double. Absolute grub. I don't <laughs> he, know did how, some, he did a double of dumb how, shit. How he did that jump in the air again, running the oh, ball back, man. and he just he just won't get in trouble for it because he didn't make Darren just contact. But I just don't think. But it should be like. If he wasn't a winger, he'd be recognised. Surely, the that, like, is. surely, surely, they have like that. It's not allowed, right? No, jumping in the f- no. It's he it gets penalised, but that's it. Like he should something more should happen to stop this idiot. But didn't did, wasn't there a rule many like a rule change years ago where players were running with their knees up into tackles, yeah. so they penalised them for yeah, it and suspended can. them? Can't, why can't they just do well, that? Well, they do penalise him, but yeah, it's not not enough. If you get me, you know. Yeah. Um. Over for for the storm, classic storm is like. 
Tui Kamakamitha spent a few years of like 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. All of a sudden, unleashes a starter, has 18 runs, 194 metres, and just kills it. Their classic storm. Yeah. Um, Jerome Hughes' two setups of Vunavala were yeah, brilliant. He looked good today. He did. Well, Jerome obviously got thrown into. It's not very often for Bellamy to do this, but kind of thrown to the wolves by going to halfback late last year. And I knew he'd be better than Brody this year, obviously. But it was good to see first game already, a bit a bit more variety in his game and his kicking game there, scoring, setting up two tries for them. Yeah. Uh, I, thought I, th- Ma- I thought Munster was quite disappointing on, on the opposite side. Like, just not the kind of Cam Munster game that we've expected. A couple of silly hand mistakes. But then, at the same time, if you've got Hughes kind of running the show, he doesn't need to... Like, he, he plays off the cuff quite a lot. Mm. But if you've got Hughes having such a worldy of a game, he doesn't necessarily have the same pressure to perform. Yeah. And I thought Tino on his way to Tino Titan on his way to the Titans had a really good game as well. He only played about thirty odd minutes, but still had sixteen carries for a lot of meters. And you made the point when you arrived, Dale, though, this this scoreline was kind of harsh on Manly. I mean, they obviously were not the better side, but they were pretty decent too, and they just they, you know, it's unlucky for them to be done fourteen to four, eighteen to four this, done by fourteen this, points. This was because I watched this game while I was at work and this game I said it while I was there. Like, this could be a grand final. Like, these two teams could play in the grand final. Mm. And I know that's a very silly thing to say in the first week of the season. And also, the Storm have been in the top two for the last 10 years. Yeah. But, like, this Manly team feels different somehow. I feel like there's a lot less pressure on it this year. And they've kind of got a little bit better of cattle, potentially. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think they were hard done by to only score two, two, con- or two penalty goals. Yeah, that, that's it. Um, hard to read into again. They're playing the Storm in round one. Tommy Turbo wasn't what you would expect from him. That yeah, Miserable that, conditions too. Yeah, so. and for North oh, like the power weren't there. as good as usual. Neither was Jake Dvojevic, but yeah. Beating this, getting the Storm in round one is like you were starting to run one. This is just a thing now. Yeah. It just is. Unfortunately, that is true. Um, and to cap the round off... I don't want to talk about it. Thanks for listening. The West Tigers 24, the St. George Dragons 14. How did they throw that one away, Dale? Well, they threw it over the sideline. They had two golden chances to win the game forward. in the last five minutes. Paul Vaughan drops the ball cold. And then they threw it to and the other Tyson team. And then Tyson makes a break, throws it to no one. So, and then the Tigers got to try on the last play of the game to make the scoreline a little bit bigger than it... The score margin, I'm sorry, a little bit bigger than it was. Well, but all the, all the, the Dragons, Dragons points really all from, bottled from Tigers' mistakes, really, yeah. though. But, but I mean, still, I mean, you have two... Golden chances to win the game in the last five minutes. You should take one of them. Yeah. Well, my my concerns from Lomax at fullback are valid, and they've obviously tied themselves yeah, to he this. Yeah, he was bad. But he's had seven runs, 55 metres as a fullback. Terrible. But also three awful mistakes. So that first one we bought... The first one was... Probably dropped. Because yeah. he didn't even... There was, no con- there was no contest. There was no jump. He was, like, stationary on his... Like, grounded. And, and then he, he like, crouched it. down for some reason yeah. and put his hands forward and then didn't catch it. Terrible. That that catch was, like, how a four-year-old tries to catch the footy for the first time. Yeah. And those... Like, that's it's obviously a killer mistake. And then, as you said, Paul Vaughan made that stupid mistake. The things I did like from the, the Dragons was the, the, the swap of Frizzell and Sims, the sides of the field they were playing, was smart. I thought Sims ruined Josh Reynolds' day and Reynolds was afraid of running the rest of the day. He doesn't look like a first grader anymore, if you ask me. That's the identity theft that's really out there this offseason. It's not just her. He's stolen someone. Identity some theft athlete. is a serious crime. It a professional athlete's identity here is stolen. Um, so I thought you know Sims was up in his grill and ruined his day. And Frizzell back on the left, finally, I've you know criticised him like the week ago, calling him overrated and that... Um, He's not as damaging as he should be. He made two class runs in this game on the left with a right-hand fan, but one of them at the end, he threw a terrible ball and bombed that. He had three throw. players on the inside Well, it's as another well. question of his skill like, again, as I talked about before. Like, mate, we can't play, you can't throw inside. <laughs> can't pass at all, but yeah. That is an issue if you're a football player. It is an issue. Uh, Tyrell Fumiano somehow was okay-ish for a fi- he affiliate. He shouldn't be allowed to play that. Be. He shouldn't be allowed to play with that hair. He shouldn't. It's so bad. Yeah, and Rafa Lava unfortunately had like his best like eight minutes of, N- of NRL football, then got injured. Done his quad, it looks like. I mean, he is an eight-minute rugby league player, though. He is. Like, I would like to see eight minutes of him for the rest of the season. I will say though, like for the Tigers to, I know it's only the Dragons, but to win without Luke Brooks is a good sign, and, I think. And they won yeah. playing that poorly. I thought Tom- Thompson was almost as bad as Lomax at fullback. Mm. Uh, it didn't really. He also a- had that really bad error. He, he did. Spilled Another- the ball and they scored off it. He did, and then the first one. The kick chase and Ravalava didn't do a very good job either when Ravalava scored. Gave away the penalty try. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the, the Dragons probably should have scored more without their own mistakes on top of his mistakes. But, mm. you know, I didn't think... Luciano got that try, but my boys, my super uh, Leilua bros, didn't uh, go as well as I would have liked from them. But Nofaluma carried the Leilua torch mm. 
strong. And he looks to have a bit of a different role this year. There's a couple of times he, he, he looped to the left as well, which is nice to see him wrap and use him differently. But I don't think they can have Corey Thompson as the long-term fullback there. Surely that's not the plan. Surely Dewey is there in a few weeks. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'd I agree guess, with that. Yeah. And Billy Walters is not the not the. Hooker. They need Harry Grant. They need Dewey at nine. And I sorry, they need Harry Grant. Grant. They need Dewey at one. Yeah. And I think once Brooks comes back and that spine is, if they if they do do all that, then if they got Dewey, Marshall, mm. Brooks, and Grant, I think that's, that's those pretty are some good. good. Those are some handy. I think purchases, that's all right. You know, that's decent. And then you put Thompson back on the wing because poor Bobby Four tries bombed bombed they're, a couple. They're going to do so well coming ninth this year. <laughs> And no, uh, never bizarre to see like Elijah Taylor have his brain scrambled and somehow be okay. Like, he was he, he's a man who's been head he hit a lot of times. He was literally unconscious, <laughs> and they let I him couldn't play. believe he was back on the field. But mm. man, crazy. Yeah, um, did enjoy the James Graham spray right at the end. <laughs> Isn't it always a James Graham spray right at the end? They bring me so much joy. Tom McKayley, when Origins played in seven years' time, is he's a, he's a bolter now, I think. He, he had a good game and is oh, a Queensland bolter. Yeah. As we like to talk Origin in round one. Yep. <laughs> Big Van. Well, might be, the team might be picked based on round one for Well, it might be. This year, We're so in uncharted territory there. He's a shot. But yeah, the Tigers got away with one. They didn't play very well, but that's exactly what we want in the NRL, mate. If you have a garbage game, you somehow win by 10. Gotta take that. It. Take that to the bank. Just, just a question. Regarding, yeah. regarding Origin, I know we, we shouldn't be speaking about it considering that the world's going to end in Cut that his place. mic. <laughs> uh, Big Tino. Born he in Orange. Might be. Might born in Orange. But, Queenslander, mate. But Queenslander. Queenslander yeah, yeah, I was just going to ask. Interesting. Mm. Well, Orange is almost a shade of red. So Stay woke, kids. Yeah, think about Stay that. Stay woke. Maybe they're just counting any New South Wales town where the name is kind of a, a colour, that a warm colour. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I, look, that's that's flawless. Thank you. Hay. Hay is mm-hmm. a, a colour of yellow and it's sort of like red. Yep. They're, anyone from Hay can play for Queensland? Anyone from Hay? Yeah. You know what their rugby team's called? The Hay Cutters. Is it actually? Yes. Should be the Hay mm-hmm. Bailers. <laughs> that's very good. Thank you. Um, okay. I think it's us then. That's round one. Yeah, so round one. Um, we don't know whether footy's ever going to exist again. Yeah. So <laughs> Before we go, I'll, I'll bank the patrons again. Yep. Uh, the guys who pay. What do you mean again, money. Mitchell? The first, first time. time. This no. is the first time you you're can, You've ruined them. it by saying... I thanked them to the start of the episode all around. <sighs> I'm thanking... That yeah, was you again. You're an amateur. Anyway. I'm thanking the ones who paid for the privilege to be thanked. So thanks for the support from Chris Avenel, Dan Cullinane, Dave... Mesut Ozil, Carlo, I don't know how to say your last name, Tyson, I guess, that's Joey is the GOAT, Matty McP25, Roxanne Clark, and Scotty Finlayson. Thank you for stumping up the extra cash dollar to run this program. We love you all. Yeah. If you want to get involved, you know where it is, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Hit us up. Yep. You know where it at. Leave an iTunes review, tell your friends to listen. And if you don't want your name read out, you have to pay us even more for us ah, to stop reading your yeah. name out. <laughs> uh, and whoever, whoever left that, that lovely review uh, saying that the format was good, thank you. That was good. I love that. Format was good. The people suck. <laughs> <laughs> I did get asked if that was about me. It was great. I, was like, it's I, I like not. podcasts. I just hate this podcast. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I want to imagine that that guy just discovered the a podcast for the first time. He's like, well, this is a good idea, but I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. It's radio, but I can take it with me. It's, but like, why no, are they so it's like someone's just discovered a television and they're watching the Today Show and they're like, oh, well, you know. I like that there's stuff on this rectangle. There's pictures moving. But I don't, but I don't like what it is. Why does the art make me angry and move? <laughs> and just being called a dickhead is like manner to me. This is great. Uh, <laughs> it's where I source my power from. True. <laughs> true. true. It very much is. All right. That is another episode in the books. Uh, we'll have a, a few episodes for you over the next couple of weeks and we'll probably re-record in about three mm. weeks' time or possibly the week before Easter. I'm not sure yet, but we'll work that out. Um, mm. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Dale. Goodbye, Dale. Thanks. Goodbye from me.